This week on the BAMFCast, we're gonna grab ourselves a handful of Johns and head straight for the 8th dimension. One oscillation over thruster, we're in. All right, and welcome to the BAMFCast. Hey, hey BAMFCast. BAMFCast. Episode 84. Holy shit. Shit, shit, shit. So, I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm The Beach. And joining us this week is special guest... I'm Walt. <laughs> special guest, I'm Walt. Special guest, the most excited man in the universe. Bring some yeah. more thunder, man. Like, be like, Walt! Walt! There we go. Very good. There, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I just wanted to do that. Of course, now you've melted your microphone. But lost fans out there. It's, uh, it's a gift. I'm trying to overuse it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So, what we do each and every episode of the Bamfcast is we fire up our oscillation over thrusters. We go back in time through solid mass of bad movies. We take our jet car into the future. Go ahead and watch one. Come in here and talk about it. And then we rate a shitty movie. One, two, five jocks. If it's a good, bad movie, an enjoyable, bad movie, after Robot Jocks. Or if it's a bad, bad movie, as in Stay Away, it gets one, two, five bags. In the negative sense, after Twilight, as in douchebags. So for episode 84, keeping with our theme of years, we did 1984's The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Because it needs the subtitle, because there were so many of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they had so to many differentiate other... it from the sequel. Right, yes. right. And so many other Buckaroo Banzai um <laughs> the long-standing properties, yeah, yes. paraphernalia. Yes, it was the original IP that never was ever again. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go ahead and get a quick plot summary out of the way, so that we can talk about this. Why don't you do that, Marlo? Neurosurgeon rock star superhero Buckaroo has perfected the oscillation overthruster, which allows him to travel through solid matter by using the eighth dimension. The red electroids from Planet Ten are after this device for their own evil ends. And it's up to Buckaroo and his band of crime-fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, to stop them. That's basically it. Hong Kong Cavaliers? Sorry, Hong pa- Kong Cavaliers. For a Japanese guy? Hmm? What the heck? Well, half Japanese. Half American. Oh. God damn those half Japanese guys. Mm-hmm. They do it to the movies every time. Jeez. He's pretty multi- multicultural. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So, there was some debate whether we should use this movie or not. There was. A little bit, a yeah. A few people. People really love this movie. Uh, yeah. I think they were terrified of us just destroying it. Okay. With good reason. That could be. Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I think it still qualifies as what we do. I mean... I think this movie, unlike kind of what we tend to stick to, really knows what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, this is you know, much I more think it, self-aware yeah, than most I, I, 80s movies are. Exactly. This and that's why I wanted to watch this movie anyway. So I'm I'm okay with it, but um that's why I think some people think that it's kind of outside of our purvey is cuz it really I understand. Most of the time we we discount, you know, discount films because of uh like trauma films. We just sure. kind of discount them out of hand because they know exactly what they are. Right. And this movie knows exactly what it is. So I think you know, it does, I, but I think it also kind of still fails a little bit. Yeah. And I, I think that's why. I think sure. it doesn't really become self-aware until the second half. I think the first half, it's kind of weird, but it's not outright goofy like it is in the second half. Okay. And it doesn't kind of get self-referential about it until later on. But I don't know. I mean, you could qualify it just as a massive, massive flop. <laughs> that That's one way there to look is at it as well. Yeah. So... That's how it could qualify, but but yeah. yeah. So as I defended this movie to Green Cap, this movie is one or two bad jokes away from being as notorious as something like Leonard Part Six, or even maybe maybe a better uh, thing to liken it to would be Howard the Duck, because it, I mean mm-hmm. it's very Howard the Duck. It's very let's throw a bunch of crazy nonsense, lots of money, mediocre special effects. Yeah, and it just it, it's about as big a flop but it's loved unlike those other ones <laughs> i mean i think yeah. some people still say they love howard the duck but come on those people are wrong it, it, the only thing good about howard <laughs> the duck is that weird dude so i can't remember his name the guy from beetlejuice but whatever the weird dude from beetlejuice the dad from beetlejuice i can't remember the oh, actor's okay. name yeah. yeah 
He's just fucking crazy in Howard the Duck, and like he's as crazy as John Lithgow is, is in this one. Yeah. So. so yeah, let's get into the cast in here. We got Peter Weller being Peter Weller, who seems kind of disinterested in everything going on for the most part. He was kind of a cool Bamcast guy. alum from a while back. He was in Leviathan. The Bamcast's own Peter Weller, then. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you got Ellen Barkin, who's kind of his love interest, but kind of more of a plot device than anything. Yeah, I don't. I there another a uh, another one of the summaries that I saw wanted to explain for whatever reason that her part is that apparently she's the long lost twin of his now dead wife. Well, yeah, which he does say. <laughs> yeah, he but, says. Yeah, they kind of. Well, I just. I mean, it was but in the, the plot. Is, summary, I don't like, know how. Important. We'll get into that. I don't. Yeah. Fi- I don't know how she finds that romantic. Let's he, put it that way. He's doing too many things. He's. He's in a rock band. No, he's a neurosurgeon. He's doing too many things. And oh yeah, all he's also in love with with this uh, this halfway twin who's come along out of nowhere from Cody, Wyoming. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. which he knows, which, yeah course. he picks up the accent apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so you got her, and then you've just got his gang of dudes, some of which are um, Jeff Goldblum. Some of which are Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As one of them. Would who, that be of some which? No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is one of them. Being, well, Jeff fucking Goldblum, as Jeff Goldblum does. Uh, you also got, uh, what's his name? Clancy Brown is one of the only other ones I really recognize, to be honest. Who, if you've watched Lost, you know who he is. If you've watched plenty of pretty awesome movies, you also know who he is. But yeah, he's Rawhide, who is kind of... I don't know. He, like, like I don't really know what their roles are. Any of them, any of his they're, buddies, because there's like they actually don't have roles. I think. I, yeah, they I mean, don't. There's perfect Tommy. There's what's the other guy? There's the professor. Reno. The professor is the only one who kind of kind of has a defined role as to what the hell he's supposed to be. Well, doing. there was there was computer hacker guy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. So, so you don't think they really had roles, BJ? No, they're not just not necessarily. Like, they're just kind of there. I mean, they played different instruments. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. They did play different instruments, but they didn't. They didn't actually have defined roles. It didn't seem. Yeah, but you know, you know, it's an '80s movie when like the most rockin' band in the world has two saxophonists in it. Oh, that's three. And a yeah, keyboard it had three. Minimum. Oh, it had three. I and think I saw an alto sax under the uh, the yeah. hair helmet guy's arm. Yeah. And there and, and, and there was one guy playing two moment. saxophones at one point. That is right. And the awesome electronic drum set too. Yes, the, yeah. the octagonal. The the drummer never showed up again in the movie ever again. He I was just think. a no, session guy. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They just He's hired sitting. him for that concert. And sure. He actually works at the music, is it at the, at the hall that they were playing. Oh, okay. And yeah. try not to get too attached to drummers as they tend to die. Yeah. <laughs> they explode, yeah. But yeah, on, but that's kind of your good guys. And then your bad guys is, uh, you got John Lithgow, who's kind of like the main one, though it's not really, they don't really let you know what's going on for a while. Right. Until you just, he's just kind of like this crazy dude. Extremely crazy. Extremely dude. crazy, like switching personalities and accents. And they were basically just, He's last five minutes of the Twilight Zone movie crazy. Yeah, I mean, they gave John Lithgow an eight ball and just let him loose on the set. They were like, just do whatever the fuck you want, John. Just go crazy. Just try to keep an Italian accent. Just, yeah, that's his, all we uh, had. His teeth showed that. Yeah. <laughs> his teeth mm-hmm. were. <laughs> he, had, he had a few months worth of eight balls teeth going. But uh, yeah, he's the main bad guy. And then the aliens that are trying to return him to the space. red like. Troids. Red Electroids, yes. That's one of them's Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um, another one's Dan Hedaya. Yep. And another one is Vincent Chavo. Chavelli. 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 He is uh he is instantly recognizable yeah. if you've seen him in anything. I think Ghost is the thing most people know him from, but Better Off Dead. Oh, Better Off Dead too, yeah, of course. But yeah, they they're your main bad guys, though half the movie they spend in weird alien makeup that makes them all look the same. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they still have their voices, which yeah, since they all have very recognizable voices, that works. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the cast that you got going. So I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie. And there's a lot going on because we didn't even get into like the president and his council and like Yakov Shmirnov. I, I, I did not see that, but <laughs> yep, he's I there. believe you. He's there. If you tell me this, I'm telling you that, and I'm sure it's in IMDb as well. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so. Peter Weller, he's brain surgeon, super scientist, rock star. About the only time those three 
terms will ever be used to describe one person. Yeah, it's ever again martial artist. Except when they chisel them on my tombstone. <laughs> I will do that for you. Thank you. Yeah, I will I, make sure that happens. I day. think what. I think this is why I liken this to Leonard Part 6, because, I mean, if you've ever actually sat and watched that, that's kind of how they portray him, is that he's kind of just the ultimate all-around badass guy. He's a super... The Renaissance sp- man yeah, he's for a, the 20th century. Yeah, he's a super spy, but he's also, like, you know, sit down at a piano and play and do this and, you mm. know, just can do anything. And that, that that's why I think I lean towards that movie to point to it and... No one's standing up going, hey, don't you say anything bad about Leonard Part 6. Well, except for mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, but... Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's just... This is... I understand what it is. It's a, it's, it's a parody slash homage to kind of like the pulpy superhero. Not yeah, necessarily like 30s, superhero. 40s serials and comic books, kind of. Yeah, kind of like a... Um, oh, God, what's that? What's the fucking... Never mind, I just brain farted on that. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Who the hell was Sean Connery supposed to be? He's a uh, Alan Quartermain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, like like people like that that just you know can do anything basically mm-hmm. in whatever novel they're in. Yeah. So, but I, I think the problem with his whole crew is they're terrible at what they do. I mean, it starts off with him doing an experiment that somehow sends him into like the eighth dimension, the titular eighth dimension, but he basically rides his Ford space rocket into the, the side car. of a mountain. Yeah, jet car. Which, yeah, Ford jet car thing, Dooley. truck of doom. <laughs> that he rides into the side of a mountain and... The, Mach, you, the Mach 150. Yeah, and then is. he gets in the trippy 2001 sequence, kind mm-hmm. of, where things are flying around and there's... It looks like ghosts come out of his car, but I guess those are the aliens and... Sure. And Something he comes like out that. the other side. He was side crossing dimensional barriers. You know, yeah. things happen. Weird shit happens in other dimensions. Yeah, it's apparently. my God, it's full of things inside of a mountain. Yeah. And then he comes out the other side and everyone's like, oh, yay, everything's great. And then there's like a little life form or something stuck to the bottom of his car. Kind of looks like a brain. Yeah. Sort of. It reminded me of the eggs from Critters. Or that, yes. Yeah, that, that's, that is what they look or like. Or those little suction cup balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that too. So it's like a little brain suction cup ball thing mm-hmm. that shows up in a jar later and then is forgotten completely. That's uh, not important. Just Until saying there's the sequel. Life is out there. Well, yeah, yeah it, it was, was just, a, it was just a little plot device. His way of proving that he had been there, I guess, right? Well, yeah, that's that's one of the, the strangest things about this movie is that it just doesn't stop. It just bounces from scene to scene and Buckaroo just kind of through most of the entire movie, kind of you kind of wonder how he was ever supposed to be good at anything because he doesn't ever give anything in this movie his full attention. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, he of, was given that neurosurgery really some pretty good attention. Uh, yeah, okay. That, but other than that, it's like he, then he gets in the car. It's like that's like the first ten minutes is the only time he pays attention to everything else. It's like run, run, run. You know, mm-hmm. can't be stopped to bother to talk to the president for very long. Or well, no, they establish they they establish that he's, he's a busy guy. That he's a busy and b good at what he does. And sure. Then they move on from that. They've already established it. Done. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but I don't. I think the thing I I the thing I think that works to this movie's credit is that it kind of, it moves forward, but it always acts like, hey, there's a lot of shit that's going on that you don't need to worry about. Like, it's it feels like a very established world that you've been dropped into, and they don't feel the need to explain a lot of it, because they're just like, no, that's just how it is. Keep going. And I kind of like that, and I think that's why a lot of people have said you have to watch it a few times to kind of understand. And I know, Harlow, you and Walt, you've also seen this before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, BJ, BJ and I have not, so we were just kind of like, I've seen what the fuck the is going on. I've seen probably maybe twenty minutes of this movie, okay. you know, before before tonight. So I'm the only one who just went in totally cold on yeah. this one. Well, I I don't I don't know how you've missed seeing any of it at all, but you know, because I, I didn't have cable when I was little. I know, but still, it just <laughs> it just seems like it's it's hard to have missed. It just seems like one of those at HBO movies that would have been on all the time. Yeah, is that pretty accurate or? I always caught yeah. on Saturday matinee. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Saturday like the matinee. Last 10 or minutes, I think I saw the last ten minutes of the movie like thirty times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this looks like a great movie. <laughs> I gotta go <laughs> to, to my nine year old self. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I I caught the beginning a few times and then a little smidgen in the middle. But but yeah, I guess I guess what I was trying to get to though is like, does it work better for you guys having kind of known that a lot of it's just not going to be explained and that 
you just need to go with it or does it kind of, I don't know. Is it, I, I guess it's, it's gotta be a different movie when you're, when you know how things are going to go. Oh, that, that's kinda. pretty much how I live my life. You know, yeah. I'm just like, you know, all time. right. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Car works. Yeah. Sunshines. Yeah. Beer good. But I mean, do you, you do see what I'm getting at though, right? Yeah. Well, I've, I think uh, anywhere from seven to thirteen-year-old me would have liked this movie a lot better because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have really paid attention to how everything came to be. But kind of looking at it from an adult perspective, and even even as good as we've gotten at identifying the the cherishable moments of these movies, it's still mm-hmm. a little bit hard to hard to con- yeah. hard to connect. No, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm. I'm- I don't. I never really had like. Oh, that we can't say anything bad about this movie. I, I've never mm-hmm. been on that level with it. I just. I think watching it again now. Is there a crack in your rose tinted well, no, glasses? It, it was never <laughs> like I said. They were never really rose tinted glasses anyway. They, they were kind just, of reddish, not really rose. But yeah, I just I, they were only sort of tinted, slightly pinkish. I think I I, I enjoy this movie they as like glasses. as like a weird anomaly in the history of movies more than anything. Just that there, I can I can't, see that because this movie's fucking weird. Yeah, I can't think of too many other movies in the history of ever that really are like this movie. And I've been knowing that we were going to do this. I've been thinking about it all week, like trying to think of movies similar to this. And I, I can't. I'm kind of drawing a blank. It it is not. I don't. I don't think it is necessarily a good movie. In that there's just things missing from it. It doesn't really explain a lot of stuff. It keeps moving. It jumps from scene to scene. You're just. You, you kind of have to have a little bit of ADD to really keep up with it because otherwise you're going to get left behind. But it's because it's so weird and because it's so out there is what may, you're just like, all right, let's let's just go on for the ride, you know, put my safety bar down and hands up and let's go. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I would go. I almost feel guilty. Like, I almost feel like hipster elements by saying that I like this movie, like to genuinely say I like this movie because it is it's. It's kind of an ironic thing. I mean, I, I understand what they were, you know, intending that it's a, it's a parody and an homage, but at the same time, it's it's kind of an incoherent mess too. At the same time, yeah. But there's so much thrown in there that it's kind of enjoyable in a way. It's just not something like every five years is probably enough to watch this movie. You know, just to go mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's this movie's weird. Well, it's one of those I kind of enjoy what it's trying to do. Yeah, I just don't think it necessarily succeeds in a lot of it. Sure. Like I said, I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not standing up on a soapbox defending this movie, saying don't say anything bad about it because mm-hmm. I understand it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a messed up movie. It's a nerd love, yeah. You know, it's an, it's definitely something that you're, you're, you know, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, like people I've never met before, like, hey, let's watch Buckaroo Bonsai, right. mm-hmm. and, and I'm, like they'll like me then. This is gonna sound terrible based <laughs> on not the movie. <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible based on how much vitriol we threw at this movie, but I likened this to Mackie earlier today saying. I think this movie is to nerds what Forbidden Zone is to to some kind of hipster douches. Like nerds mm-hmm. will stand up on a soapbox and be like, "I love Buckaroo Banzai," and it's like, "Well, come on now, it's it's kind of terrible." But I mean, there are people out there who will tell you Forbidden Zone is the greatest thing ever. Those just, people are wrong. Just because who are like, those people? Well, it's just like they, <laughs> are there they, some of those people? Yes, there are people too. out there. They Believe revel me. in this terrible, or or you know, and, and it's just maybe that's their brand of terrible, you know, and this is. Somebody else's brand well, of terrible. I mean, this isn't nearly as bad. It's not nearly as pretentious. Number one, yes, and uh, you know, and thank God for that. And it's it's just it's a lot bigger budget, a lot crazier, a lot you know, faster cars, crazier things mm-hmm. going on, and wicked tour bus. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. Like two, the two main ways to piss me off are either get too pretentious, hello Southland Tales, or to just get flat out boring, hello Night of the Comet, and. If you do either of those things, you've lost me. And this, to its credit, this movie doesn't do either of those. It's still a lot of, it's goofy and it keeps moving and it's fun for the most part. It's just so damn weird. And it's like one of those, I think, I think the reason, you know, like you said, it's kind of like this nerd flag post type thing is it's like one of the few movies where the biggest dork on the planet is also like the biggest rock star on the planet. The guy that goes walking down the hallway and everyone turns and goes, is that Buckaroo Bonsai? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, all the Hong Kong Cavaliers were scientists and I've, I've never seen a group (laughs) of scientists that rocked and could sling pistols that well. Well, he went recruiting, you know? Yeah. It takes a special kind of guy. It does. Yeah. But 
I mean, we haven't even gotten into the plot yet, uh, but what it's it's kind of basically it involves they have this little transistor thing that's basically your you know your MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Like that's it, everyone wants this thing because it does whatever they need it. It's the working key to the eighth dimension, basically. Yeah, yeah. So of course the alien weird crazy dudes are trying to steal it at all points. Well, we should say that because John Lithgow, we have a flashback that in whatever time period it's not really established. I think they did. Well, I think they said it was 1938. Yeah, I think I believe. So he he tried. He built a similar device with the laser with the help of. His, his, I guess, Japanese doctor friend, professor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't quite work. He got half stuck in a wall. Well, he, was got, too, he, was, he didn't wait until it was ready. Right. And he kind of got, got stuck in the wall and apparently got infected by this. The leader the, the, of the, the bad guy. Well, yeah. Like, not, yeah, not only that, but like, you know, the basically you have the red. What the hell are they called again? Electroids. Electroids. Yeah, the red the electroids and the black electroids. And the, and the black electroids basically said. This is like the Red Electroids Hitler, you know, so he's... Lord Warfen. Yeah, he's he's bad. And so he, he infests John Lithgow's body, and he's been living in his body in his mental home for almost 50 years. Waiting for somebody to figure it out. Yeah, to get And as right. the good aliens eventually tell us, Buckaroo Banzai inadvertently gave Opened him the way to yeah. escape by traveling into the 8th dimension. So they want the key. The, 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 the Black Electroids are like... Well, you get the key back, stop this dude, or we're basically going to start World War Three by bombing Russia and having them bomb you and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. It's kind of the same thing as as uh, sort of like Men in Black. Yeah. The whole thing at the, in the second half of that, where they're just like, hey, find this or the Earth is destroyed. Yep. You know. That's basically it. That's basically yeah. the plot. Yeah. The way the way it, it basically ends up is them having to track down Ellen Barkin everywhere. Yeah, well, because she gets handed it and... Yeah. Then gets kidnapped. Because in typical 80s, movies, fa- 80s movie fashion, when the bad guys jump in, nobody sees them, but when the good guy jumps in to try and help, immediately he is mistaken as one of the bad guys and captured, and you know that sets them back because they have to chase down the stupid thing. And sure. They're just, they do a lot of chasing down and just not doing a very good job of anything. You know, it's like yeah. they'll find somebody, he gets captured, they'll, you know, they break in, they just... They're no good in any, anything. That's I think what the reason that I really got bugged by this movie was because his sidekicks are worthless until the very, very, very well, end. And even he doesn't come and across so as he. super smooth. Yeah, I mean, he's not an Indiana Jones. He's not, uh, you know, a Quartermain. He's not yeah, anything like he doesn't give that bravado of like, I'm the best and this is why I'm mm. world famous. He just. Well, he's because he's Peter Weller. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. And Peter Weller is just kind of like, I'm, eh. I'm Peter Weller. I'm doing this. I'm in a movie. <laughs> and he kind of, but he doesn't exu- exude the confidence or the charisma that you kind of need, which it still kind of amazes me that he was a leading man in so many movies. I mean, it works for Robocop because he's kind of robotic, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's like his style is to be that kind of guy. But yeah, for this one where it's kind of like, your goddamn name is Buckaroo Banzai. You should be a little more excited about everything that's going on around you. you <laughs> I'm know? trying to think of who else would we have cast from this time period? In that in that realm, like you can't just say Harrison Ford or somebody like that. No. You know, just Tom Selleck. No. <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes, Tom Selleck. Uh, was it was Robert Urick was in Ice Pirates? Yes, he was. And I always liked him in Ice Pirates. I always mm-hmm. thought he did a very good job in Ice Pirates. I, I thought he that. might have been a decent Buckaroo Bonsai mm-hmm. if he wasn't making Ice Pirates. Yeah, yeah. So. Or uh, Remo Williams, uh, Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Fred uh-huh, Ward worked uh-huh, out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Chuck North? No, I don't know. Fred, anyway, Fred yeah. Willard. <laughs> Fred Willard. Fred <laughs> Willard. Honestly, get Templeton Peck in there. Oh, oh, oh I like that. I, yes, there's Dirk Benedict's redeeming yeah. moment. It just <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> but see, yeah, but I mean, like a Dirk Benedict type, where he's kind of cocky. He's kind of oh, that smarmy would have. Yeah, worked. he's kind of like. Because let's face roles, it, you're like the most body, famous guy on the planet. Yeah. You need to be cockier. You need Peter to be... Weller in Body Slam. It would yeah. be perfect. <laughs> oh God! As if Body Slam couldn't have... tell you, we just created the perfect movie. Yeah, but no, but you did need somebody who had a little more charisma going on there, and I think that's that's the big problem with the movie. Because I mean, John Lithgow vanishes for a long time. He, yeah. bre- he breaks out, and then he doesn't show up until the very, 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 very end. Yeah, he's so. gone quite a while, isn't he? I mean, yeah. And- 
you're left with nothing but Weller's lack of swagger. Somebody needed they needed swagger in this yes. movie. Braggadocio. Fred it Willard. A, it is a little bit of a that. it's a Yeah, because honestly I had like more confidence in perfect Tommy. Yeah. Just was, the way he carried himself throughout the movie. It was kinda like that guy seems like the badass, except he doesn't ever do anything badass. Except for carry a pretty sweet ass shotgun. Yes, he does carry a pretty awesome. It's like one of those. He rocks some shotguns. pretty badass jackets with a classical well. yeah. stock. He's ready to roll either way. Yeah, th- this movie could have done with uh, maybe ten ten minutes of setting up the Hong Kong Cavaliers as a little more cavalier of anything. Yes, cavalier anything. Mm. You know, maybe well, yeah, they because mixed a drink. Won an arm wrestling contest. I don't know. Yeah, the, the only moment they have to be cool is kind of the song in the very beginning, and Peter Weller cuts it short halfway through because there's some girl crying in the audience that he has to talk to, and everyone in the audience is like, "Man, this is the worst concert I have ever fucking been." <laughs> I'm so to. sick of this guy doing this shit. Yeah, and she's like crying. She's like, "My life doesn't matter. I'm drunk." You know, it would have been awesome if they just randomly stopped a bank robbery. Yeah, that would have totally worked. Just something like just fighting street crime. Yeah. Just out of the blue. They didn't need much. Yeah. I mean, but the rest of the time they just ran around. What do we do now, Bonsai? You know, yeah. So. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, eventually they end up, he ends up on the alien spaceship when they're taking off. And yeah, it's, there's all kinds of craziness that happens in the second half. I, I don't. And then he doesn't even really do, I mean, he shoots it once and then it blows up and then he's backseat driving. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's kind of very anticlimactic for what, they kind of built it up as like the earth is going to get destroyed in five minutes if you don't do this. And then it's just kind of, it's just kind of, eh. don't worry about this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not even excited. <laughs> like he does. The cool guys don't look at explosions when they actually blow up the ship because he's working the computer and he just has his back to it the whole time. <laughs> he's like, all right, we better leave. <laughs> Let's go. I got a parachute out of this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he parachutes out at like 40,000 feet. That's all right. He's cool. He didn't have enough gas to get <laughs> I just love there. that he is parachuting above the clouds. And he's just like, see you later, aliens. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go, motherfucker. It's been fun. Then he lands and everyone's like, yeah, Buckaroo Banzai, you're awesome. He's like, yup. I know. And then they have, <laughs> Thanks. A, then they have a musical like group Saturday Night Fever down the Yeah, what was bank. that? They all kind of march in a giant aqueduct and then walk off screen and it's kind of over. Yeah. Well, and Rawhide is back in that, you know, Rawhide. Yeah, he's still alive. And then, of course, they do the... Spoiler alert, by the way. Well, yeah, but then they find... Yeah, he died. Big deal. It was very sad. It was. was. I was very affected by it. But uh, but no, and then they're like, hey, check out Buckaroo Banzai's new adventures in Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the fact that the movie lost $6 million was... uh, a little bit detrimental yeah, I think to the sequel. Six million was the total it made. Yeah, I think only budget was twelve million to make. in nineteen eighty four dollars. That's uh, uh, budget was twelve million. So yeah, and, like, and didn't it put the company that made it out of business? I think so. Yeah, because like the rights, I know, bounced around for forever before anybody could even put it out on DVD. And ugh. yeah, so, yeah, that wasn't happening. Though it's kind of like you said earlier, who the hell thought it would? Really, I don't know. You know, and especially in a summer that came out with like Ghostbusters and Gremlins, it's like this thing was bound to get its ass kicked no matter what. Yeah, this is like a, a if, if you want to see something that I think works better, be, probably because they were budget constrained, watch Repo Man. I mean, it's yeah. like it's all the quirk and like none of the, you know, huge budget losses, basically, <laughs> of just, you know, it's something yeah. about when you. Go want to do something this crazy? Just keep it low key. Just Repo Man works. So yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I I just did not know quite what to expect going into this, but I thought there was a lot more like space interdimensional travel type oh, no, craziness. No. And no, it was just kind of like no, no. like no, we're here on Earth and there's guys dressed as aliens and yep, the whole band's packing heat. Yeah, six shooters and whatever. And Peter Weller seems bored. Yep. So yeah, I, I mean, is there anything else anybody wants to say before we get to rating? I don't know that I have much more to say about it. I mean, I, I imagine most everybody's seen it, so they know what it's like. God, this is like the lethargic cast. It here. kind of is. We are kind of. I, I am was a bit hoping tired. for 
I was hoping for so much more out of this movie. Let's just put it that way. And I hate when I go in with, I, I mean, I, that's the thing. And, and I told, I said this on Twitter to somebody, I was like, I never go in wanting to hate these movies ever. I always go in hoping for the best. And I think a lot of times I get my hopes up a little too high. And I think so many people having so much love for this movie got my hopes up a little bit. So I think maybe the love comes from a, a place nostalgia. of nostalgia. You know, nostalgia is a lot of it. And, you know, oh, you don't get it. You just don't get it. But at the same time, there's really not that much to get. You know, there's a lot of scenes kind of thrown together and there's some awkwardness and yeah, a little bit yeah. of action. I don't know. I, I just think like with some recasting, this could have worked a lot better than it does. But Agreed. Well, let's rate this bitch. Yeah. I, I guess, like I said before, um, I enjoy what it's trying to do. And I like that they've created this fully realized world and they've just kind of dropped you into it. I like that. It feels like there's a lot more going on other than what's just on screen at any given time. But just the direction and the acting and it just kind of, it felt flat and I can only go probably two jocks on it because it's, it's, I mean, it's worth seeing and I could see watching it again and kind of maybe getting it into a little more, but as of this one, it was kind of, it was one of those two where it wasn't so good that we were cheering and going nuts, but it wasn't so bad that we were enjoying making fun of it either. Yeah. So it kind of fell into that, that low jocks realm that it fell that, into the ver- not quite into the forbidden zone, but yeah, it's, into the apathetic zone. Which is worse to be, you know, at least you yeah, can hate something. You can get excited about hating it, you know? Right. Yeah. Here's how you fix this movie. Get together a group of your funniest loudmouth friends, get yourself a couple cases of beer and watch the shit out of this movie. And just get super drunk. Just get, yeah, just get shit wrecked and watch this movie. And, it will make it what it is supposed to be, as good as it should be. However, stone drunk or stone sober, or, um, like we are right now. Yeah, like we are now. Uh, it it only it only makes it up to a two jocks. So that's kind of being generous, but uh, I, you know, I can see there is good in this movie. I just need to just need to find it when I'm <laughs> six or seven beers in. <laughs> You find the good at the bottom, <laughs> bottom of the keg. Bottom of a bear, yeah, yeah, bottom of a bottle. When you're throwing away that little holder that holds the six pack together. Yes. Nope. That's when you find it. Yeah. There it is. Along with Dirk Benedict's redeeming moment. Right. <laughs> you find your Carlo inner. and or Walt. Oh, is it my turn now? Uh, sure. I mean, either way, I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I think I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit more positive and say three jocks. And that's just because there are a couple of moments that, that elevate it slightly. Um, I do love the alien dudes running around calling every, all the humans monkey boys. Uh, yeah, there were a few good one liners that yeah, um, didn't bother repeating, but where, yeah, where was those stuff during the, like the first half? It was too, it was so serious. Yeah. And then in the second half, it was very, well, he gets, oh, he gets one secret. early on in the asylum, oh, like yeah. uh, you know, laugh it up now, monkey boy, or, yeah, or and um, yeah. There's a couple of like really funny, almost throwaway lines that I like, and I think maybe it's just because I've picked them up over time. Because mm-hmm. there's little things like when he's, like I said, when he's just hardly even paying attention, but I guess paying attention at the same time. That you know, at the very end, he's like, the president wants to know. It's like, what's the what's the situation with the alien ship, and should we continue bombing the Russians? And he's like. Yes, on no one, on no one too. You know, just keep yeah. on walking by. <laughs> yeah, so little things like that. I just I'm that's the go. one point in the movie where he was cocky enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we needed more of that yes. throughout. So, like I said, I'm, I'll be a little generous and go at three jocks, but that's just because I'm coming in with a little bit of having seen it before, mm-hmm. knowing what to expect. I guess. I think. Uh, I think I'm going to be not quite as positive and not quite as negative. Coming right down on the middle of with uh, about two and a half. Just no halves. No, no halves. halves. You cannot use halves. You can't I'm use sorry, half. We're sorry, we are decisive here, Walt. Oh, Christ. The line must be drawn here. Um, I uh, think what I, I think I said to Harlow at the beginning of this movie. You know, I was like, "Hey, this movie reminds me of Mad Libs," in that they it seemed like they had a screenplay and they just randomly entered. They just randomly filled in blanks with. Oh, and the victim's an Eskimo, and he's got... It's perfect, Tommy. Yeah, that's it. And uh, mm-hmm. 
and his name is Rawhide. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And just filling in random nouns and verbs and assorted pieces of the movie and bam, somebody metrical and Mayer bought it and made it. Mm. So, and he's got a big booty. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they milked that one for all it was yeah. worth, didn't they? Um, but, uh, yet very little use of small berries. Yeah. Small berries. I thought small berries was the best one. I, was, I thought they could have gotten a whole, whole, uh, man tackle mm-hmm. series out of that. Uh, <laughs> a mackle. A man, a man, a man. Yeah. Uh, I thought they could have gone the whole list with that. Uh, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll come down on it nice way because yeah, there are some there are some scenes that are really really fun and a lot of uh, very very enjoyable, but um, a bunch of scenes does not a good movie make. So I'll be I'll be generous and give it a three for Saturday matinee nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That's sweet of you. Yeah, I mean if you really want a Peter Weller movie, RoboCop obviously, but I'd watch Leviathan over this. Yeah, Leviathan pretty much any day. A lot of, the week. of fun. So yeah. Yeah. Oh well, it's don't, kind of a thing. Yeah, don't hate us, guys. Yeah, we we're not saying we hate it. It's just it's one of the things you have to at least behold once, and then mm-hmm. you decide if you ever want to see it again. Because mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself to watch it once. I mean, like I said, I when I've been thinking for about a week and I can't come up with a similar movie, and I got Repo Man and Howard the Duck being the closest things. It's that should yeah, intrigue you. Those are right not there. similar movies. No, they're not all. really. That's as close as I can get. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess it's all right. Yep. I think I think we should have taken BJ's advice, even though this podcast would be completely incoherent if we had. Oh yeah, but, gotten shit wrecked. Yep. So anyway, right. Let's get to the second half because we have some exciting stuff to do. things to do. Much more excitement. Woo! Welcome back hey, hey, to the much more exciting second, second half. half. We are thrilled to be in the second half. Oh, hell we yes. Are. It's after midnight and we're going to let it all all hang out. Please don't. Oh, Aww. it's happening. Walt's here. You don't want to do that to him. He will never come back. You got to like the guy without the pants. <laughs> got to respect it. All right. All right. So guess what? What? We have. Well, which first? We have voicemail. We have names. Which we want to do first? Names? Let's do names. Let's do the names. Because they're in a noisy have, plastic bag. We have officially reached. <laughs> we have officially reached the century mark of fans what? on Facebook. What? hazard. Huzzah. And we did say a while back we would give away DVDs. Uh-huh. That's what this we bag is for. Point. We have not posted the list. No. But rest assured, you'll be allowed to pick one of them. Yes. And there are... We're going to pick three. Yeah. There's because even, we there's are that awesome. Sets. Hmm? There's box sets. There are box sets there. Holy crap. There are regular DVDs. Mm-hmm. You can get a copy of Six String Samurai, a sure. Banff cast movie. Sweet Jesus. So yeah, this is the best thing that will ever happen to you other than calling the Garfield phone. By the, the second exactly. of Odin. That was your five jacks BMF. <laughs> what, what? So I just gave the number for the... Oh, oh, Garfield I thought you were like doing like a... That was your five jacks BMF. Oh, I thought that was like so, a, this may cause diarrhea or something. Nope. Kind of no. <laughs> this will be the opposite of diarrhea. This will be like diarrhea out of your eyeballs. <laughs> That's how awesome it'll into be. your eyeballs. <laughs> into your it'll be like unicorn you? diarrhea into your eyeballs. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Sweet Jesus. This is the sound of your fortune changing. You ready? <laughs> All right. That one sounds like Ellison's fucking. Our bucket. first first big contestant. And by the way, there's a big bag full of names here that uh-huh. we printed up from Facebook. So, first big winner, Johan Handland. Yay, Johan. We're going to have to pay international shipping. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Johan. Congratulations. Congratulations. Winner number two. Winner number two out of 100 of you that have become fans is Ian Mond. Congratulations. You have just earned congratulations from BJ as well as a DVD DVD or or box set of things. And our last big winner. I'm digging deep into this pile of names. <laughs> that is the Predator drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Steven Guerrero. Oh, congrats, Steven, Steven Guerrero. Guerrero. Dead Heat and other movies. Sweet. Right. So there you go, dudes. You have won. All of the rest of you in the bag, thank you for playing. All the rest of you in the bag, wait until we reach 150, I guess. <laughs> we'll do another drawing. But at least you have more chances. Once we have the list together, we need to go back to um, our old uh, requirements for getting good movies, and that's good topic suggestions. Yeah, I agree. So once we have that list together, we said that long, 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 long ago. I know, but... And I think we did one or two, but... We're good at posting podcasts, not much else. Yeah, sometimes life in the way. Congratulations, Johan, Ian, and Steven. Right. So... Speaking Moving of, on. of people calling the Garfield phone hotline and changing <laughs> their lives forever, we'd love to tell you who changed their life forever, but once again, like Mystery Caller uh, now re- identified Amy. as Amy, uh, we don't know who this is, other than they're from sunny California, because they say so. Mystery right. California dude. Hey, BMF cast. I'm just calling all the way from sunny California, saying that I really appreciate y'all's work. Uh, thanks for letting me know about such uh, bad and good movies. I've come to the point where I've really started to respect y'all's opinions on movies and your understanding of cinematography, how dialogue works, how stories supposed to progress, all that good stuff. Um, I also would like to call, kind of recommend slash warn you about a movie. It's 2002 Canadian award-winning home-brewed punch starring no one you've ever heard of and no one you want to see. Um... Really, don't move this one up to the top of your queue. Um, if you don't have time for it, skip it. It's that. Yeah. It's that. Uh, other than that, I just want to, real quick, you guys haven't already touched on these two topics. I would like to know some of your top five Western and Samurai movies. We're kind of spurging on those right now. You guys have already done that? Just point me in the right episode, and I'll happily listen to those. Either way, y'all have a good day. Uh, don't stay too late, even though I appreciate y'all's effort. Bye now. Wow. Is he psychic? Yeah, that's weird. Did he know? That's weird. This is we are okay. running later than normal. And now, I want to address Punch. Yes. First. By the way, it is Punch. It, it kind of cut out there just a little bit, but we looked it yeah, up. Yeah, he was calling from the top of a mountain in yes. California somewhere. Uh, Yosemite. Maybe the one he was that, calling from the top of El Capitan. Maybe the one that Buckaroo Bonsai the punched beach. through, and he was about to catch Captain Kirk with his rocket boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. But anyway. Okay, I'm going to read you some of the plot keywords for Punch uh-huh. from IMDb. First one, boxing. Hmm, that's Second good. one, leg spreading. Hmm. Ooh. Third one, female boxing. Oh. Okay. Fourth one, vagina spreading. Ooh. Huh. Hmm. I like anything with vaginas. Fifth one, black comedy. Hmm. So- I'm in. I'm sold. Was this was the word speculum already taken for a movie title? They just <laughs> <laughs> had to call it punch instead. I don't know. Mm, speculoids. But I want to tell you also that when I clicked on vagina spreading, uh-huh. are there other it movies? is one of nine hundred and fifty three titles in IMDb with that as a plot keyword. Wow. Um all of them seem to be porn films. I would like to read the title of that first one right there. I'd <laughs> Number one with a 10 out of 10 rating (laughs) is Private Extreme 27 Gag and Shag. Wow. People like that one. There is no replacing that. There really isn't. In your life. They had 26 other tries to get it right. What I want to do is nail it on number 27. (laughs) I haven't seen the verse 26, so I might be lost on the plot on that one. I'm not sure. I'm ordering that set today. I decided to go ahead and uh, sort vagina spreading titles by the most votes. (laughs) (laughs) And that comes up with number one. The one that that I've seen. What? Antichrist. Oh, no. Number one. With the most votes, not highest rated. Oh, no. Yeah. It also seems that Punch has a strong incest uh, Is that a keyword too? theme to it, hmm. which just uh, which is good and creepy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Walt takes all the so fun. In other words, it may be vagina spreading in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, there's that. So, yeah. So, yeah, how's that? It, it, I love the job he did selling it, too. He's like, you know what? Uh, if you're out of everything else, <laughs> then yes. Punch. If you went to the red box and it was just like, no, 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 <laughs> no Punch is going to be in no. there from 2002. 2002 Larry Punch Cable is guys. waiting Health for Inspector. you. Oh, damn. So, 
samurai and or western movies. Yeah, let's just I mean it's it's kind of they are and they aren't two separate things. I mean, mm-hmm. they the plots tend to flow very much together, but well, yeah. they get remade either yeah. way. You think of Yojimbo and uh yeah, Fistful, Fistful of Dollars. Dollars. Magnificent Seven, Seven mm-hmm. Samurai, yes. Maybe the Kurosawa movies, I guess, get remade as Pretty Westerns. much. So, yeah, okay. But Samurai movies, I mean, Seven Samurai. Yeah, I mean. It's fucking awesome. Sure. It's really long, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. But you have to have time to invest in watching that. But you see just how it influenced so many damn movies. Yeah, just, I mean, Kurosawa in general, just there you go. Just watch the entire. It's going to take you some time. I mean, I'm thinking of other. I mean, Yojimbo, yes. Uh, Throne mm-hmm. of Blood is amazing. Yeah, Sanjuro isn't quite as good as Yojimbo. Yeah, but Ron is still good. good. Uh, Throne of Blood, I remember. Yeah, I already said that. That one's really good. I, I don't know. I've seen a bunch, but they're kind of running together now. Now, Westerns, though. Yeah, Westerns, however. Um, Number one in, in my mind, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, see, you like that one. I'm a. Uh, I like Man with No Name trilogy. Okay, pretty much. Obviously, Good and Bad and the Ugly is the best one. Tombstone. <laughs> Can't forget Tombstone. Sure. Yeah, Tombstone. Tombstone's I love a lot of that movie. Yeah, that one. Honestly, that's like one I'd watch more often because that's like a popcorn western. It's exactly. like it's just pure fun. And again, and again, and again, and, and again, for my money, that's Val Kilmer's best role. Ever, maybe. So that's my vote for his best I won't role. Disagree. Holiday. I yeah. won't disagree. I could try, but I, I'd be lying. Hey, planes drifter. What? What would be? What would you pick? I, I know it's know. off topic, but um, I think it's just because it's funny, and um, I don't know. Iceman from Top Gun is kind of awesome in a yeah. totally assholeish way. Not yeah, top the secret. Only- or, uh, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is probably the only or one. Or Nick Reavers from Top Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, in more recent ones, 310 to Yuma, I really oh, like. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, was a, that, that was remake a is really good. Yeah. Like, surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a quote-unquote Western, because it's not in Western America, but the proposition is amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. What else? Uh, Unforgiven, I know. It, I don't think it's been said, so it's always been my, I, one of my favorite, favorite yeah, Westerns. I don't like that one. Harlow's not yeah, we, it, but yeah, I know. We've had this discussion. On you that. don't like an old man kicking everyone's ass? I like Gran Torino. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you all. You still like it when Unforgiven, he Unforgiven's pretty good. Yeah, that's what... And, and I've... Like, some of the threats that he makes towards them in that movie are just so badass that just almost some of those scenes are... are it's worth it just for that. I think a popcorn western that I hadn't seen in a long time. I wonder if it would still stack up. Is uh, of course Young Guns. That was always a that was a hoot. We, I think we've considered Young Guns, or more specifically Young Guns. Young two. Guns two. Young Guns on. two. No, 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 no. That's that's a horrible, horrible western. But it's the Banff cast. That's what we do. Yeah, it is. Because I'm trying to think. What was the last what did we even like the last western kind of we did? Would it have been like Six String Samurai? I. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And before that, it would have been like fucking Quick and the Undead, which is yeah, barely registers a mention. Wait, Quick and the Dead or Quick, quick and, and the, the Undead? Oh, I love. Quick, I was going to say Quick, quick and, and the Dead, dead is Quick and the Dead. There we amazing. go. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Love that That's movie. Sam Raimi. Hell yeah, it is. Very good movie. I will say Sharon Stone's best role. I dare anyone to <laughs> argue with me on that one because you don't really have much to argue with. Total Recall, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, total Recall. She's pretty. She's well. She's doing her best in both those movies. That's <laughs> yeah. But uh, trying to think. I always had fondness for Silverado when I was a kid. I, you know, that's kid, been on Netflix. Like, I've been meaning to watch that, and I just haven't. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember at this point if it was any good. But I always liked it when I was a kid. So I feel like a terrible younger. person that I'm not mentioning any John Wayne's, like, at all. I don't know. I'm. Like, I mean, I'm not that big a John Wayne fan. He's not really our generation. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, God. See, that's all right. That's the problem with John Wayne movies is they just don't hold up because they're just too glossy. They're just you know like when we yeah we, they all feel like they were filmed on set. Yeah, and yeah. I mean like, but I mean plot wise, not even necessarily casting wise or anything. I mean, 
what goes on in the searchers is fucking amazing. Just to think about like, you know, like these people tracking this girl for years, mm-hmm. like yeah. just not giving up is, is kind of, you know, but casting wise and just the glossiness of it is just, you know, like that, that's one that sh- probably should be remade. Cause that could be an amazing movie if they remade it, but it's just too damn clean and glossy. And they remake that with Tommy Lee Jones a little while back. Did they? Something like that. Basic plot. Tommy Lee Jones, I thought was in the movie. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Oh, as far as old oh, old guy know. westerns, I think uh, better than I expected it to be. Uh, open range, mm-hmm. open range is really good. Range is really good. Um, I mean, it's not a movie, but you got to mention Lonesome Dove. I mean, it's a mini series, but mm-hmm. I, I you think... got you got some time on your hands. It's pretty fucking good. The original one. I mean, they've made bajillion other ones, but I watched one of mine this week. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, speaking of John Wayne, yeah, for uh, Father's Day, I decided to introduce the fam to uh, the True Grit, the uh, the, the Coen Brothers version, mm-hmm. and that's it's definitely a Father's Day movie. It's still, it's still amazing. What did they think? Yeah, I think they liked it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, True Grit, that was one of the uh, one of the top films of the Bamcast mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've, I've I've gushed about it. It's just it was nice to watch it again. Yeah, that's one I'm going to have to watch with my dad and see what he thinks of it. Because yeah. I, I did pick that up when it uh, when they released it on Blu-ray a couple weeks ago. I just haven't had time to watch it yet. Um, and I guess a quick update on the uh, remanification of my dad. He actually watched True Grit without me making him sit down and watch it. So my dad is once again becoming a man. What did he think of it? He liked it. He liked the hell out of it, apparently. Did so. you ask him if he thought it was better than Twilight? I don't... No, I didn't ask him that. I don't. I don't See, think that, that I should had be your to. question after every movie you have him watch. I will ask him that. Okay, Dad, was that better than Twilight? I will ask him that. If he says no, you just keep asking. I'll just kill him until he gives the right answer. He he liked Twilight. You have I don't want to. Wanna... Yeah, you have to go back he, and listen to the episode. He didn't like uh... it. He said it was it was okay. But no. that was not acceptable for us. No. Right. Oh, he, he liked it way it. more than my father should have. With the fury of a thousand suns. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Pretty much. Uh, I was just going to throw out one like a wacky suggestion if you're watching westerns. A wacky you, western watching suggestion? Want, yeah. If you just want to get something that's com- probably completely that unlike fast. everything else you've watched, uh, check out Dead Man with uh, Johnny Depp. I love that movie. Yeah. That's um, a great movie. It's just... It's going to be very unlike everything else you've probably watched uh, Western wise. So, it's a Jim Yarmouche movie. So oh. it's odd and how does it compare to Rango? Uh, Another what? Johnny Depp Western. I hmm. haven't seen Rango. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Okay, just figured I'd ask. <laughs> I didn't need to see an animated lizard <laughs> Western movie, really. At least you, not in the theaters. Didn't? I no. mean, there was a lot of demand for that, dude. Uh, okay. Nah. So, um, you tried to see Green Lantern this weekend, right? I tried to. Five dollars <laughs> Sunday. Failed in seeing Green five dollars Sunday at our uh, theater. Uh, every single showing of the Green Lantern was sold out for Sunday. Whoa! I guess everybody wanted to see it on the cheap. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody like, wanted to spend full price. Yeah, on. looking at the whole. Well, didn't days, you say like every, like the three D wasn't sold out? The three D was not sold out. No, you weren't going to spend that. Well, fuck no! I, I I just didn't even want to watch it. In it wasn't even like the matter of money. I just did not want to put on glasses and watch that movie in three D. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So we have no update on whether or not that's terrible or not. Yeah, I, I, I have like no expectations. So I, I want to see it just because. But yeah. And by the way, the Tommy Lee Jones remake of The Searchers, loose remake, is the missing. Aha. Uh-huh. Directed mm. by Ron Howard. Okay. Seems so, like seeing the trailers, I, I did not pick up that that was a remake. So. It's a very loose, very loose, okay, loose, loose remake. Hmm. I believe that's what Ron Howard said, right? So, hmm. So, you guys got anything else? Should we wrap this I, up? I don't think I do. Uh, it's late, man. Scott Pilgrim was delivered to my door today. I'm a, I'm a happy <laughs> you man. You had been home watching that, I, didn't you? I do, I do. I'm very excited about it. I may go home and watch it while playing video games tonight. That is so meta. It is. That ties everything together. Together. Did you see Scott Pilgrim, Walt? I did see Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I had a uh, 
pretty bad flu, so I was on a lot of cold medicine at the time. Yeah. Or it may have just been an odd movie. But uh, I enjoyed Both. it. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, Good, you get good, to come we back. We can still be friends. <laughs> okay, good. Hooray. You have given the correct answer. Yes. Yay. I... I wish I had seen that instead not, of Expendables. I'm not drawing that line in the sand. What? You're welcome back. Yeah, I wish I had seen that instead of I Expendables. I let him come back and he doesn't like The Princess Bride, so, you know. It's, it's, you like it's cool. Princess everybody Bride? Can, yeah, everybody Let's can. not get into that. I'm just yeah. I'm going to keep bringing that up. So. I know. Um, so if you want to get that. No, you got anything? Uh, seen any movies? We uh, I was just going to say uh, for samurai movies. Okay. Yeah, there's, uh There's a movie in 1954 called, uh, there's a series of them. I only saw the first two, uh, Musashi Miyamoto. Uh, it's it's very cool in that same way that you were talking about the old glossy westerns. Mm-hmm. This is a very old glossy samurai flick, and so it's very cool. But it's got it doesn't have the uh, the same Shaw Brothers type uh, crazy sets and purple grass and stuff like that. But it's mm-hmm. still very um, you know Technicolor and you know. So are you talking about like the Samurai series? Is, is that yeah, the Samurai One. It's samurai uh, one, samurai I always saw I, when I rented it, it was Masashi Miyamoto, and then. Uh, my other favorite wire work one is Duel to the Death. I always like that one. That one's a dig. I have not seen Duel to the Death. It's a good one. But I'm amazed I've not seen a movie with that title yet. Mm-hmm. 1983, uh, Chinese versus Japanese swordsman. And uh, it's got some, the fight scenes are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the movie is kind of okay. But uh, the fight scenes make up for the rest of it being, you know. That's okay. what I like to hear. Yeah. Fight scenes are incredible. Mm-hmm. So word all right cool right so yeah it's late okay we need to get to bed that is correct together mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> big old man pile for warmth yeah for warmth it's <laughs> it 91 is, degrees outside yeah, at midnight so cold in florida <laughs> all right yeah. so bj how uh, can they get in touch with us check us out on the website at www.bmfcast.com check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash bmfcast twitter Twitter.com slash BMFcast. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our posts on the website. Um, subscribe to us. Rate, review on iTunes. You can search for Bad Movie Fiends or BMFcast. Um, any of that stuff will make us very happy. And email us. Email us at BMF at BMFcast.com. And we will probably, possibly talk about you, maybe. If you really want us to get in-depth into what you are as a person and how you live your life, then do the most important thing you can ever do. Buck up and call the Garfield phone. 9105-JOCKS-BMF, 910-556-9263. And you, like our mystery California caller, will be featured on an episode of the podcast. Probably the next one. Word up. And that's it. Give us a call, email us, friend us, like us, all that. Do the social shit with us. And again, congrats to the people who are... Soon to receive DVDs. Johan, Ian, and Steven. You guys will be forever entered into the annals of history as winners. Yeah, I guess we need to make that list so they can pick, don't we? You will see a list soon. Yes, list will be hopefully posted by the time this podcast goes up, but no guarantees. The intern Schindler will be posting it soon. Yes. So (laughs) check us out. Check us out next week uh, when we... Yeah, 1985. Do 1985. What? Have we picked 1985's movie? I think we might have. I think... uh, Yeah, don't even ask because it's on a lockdown. We we, we declared 87 a lockdown. (sighs) 85 is a lockdown. I'm just going to be so bummed I'm going to miss this. Because we, with the help of uh, our smarmy Chuck Face friend, we're looking at the calendar, looking at the schedule of time, when it's going to come out. 1985... It's going to come out on the 1st, before the 4th of July. So it's time for Invasion USA, no. starring Chuck Norris. Yes. Chuck finally makes a return appearance. Damn straight. Yes. It's been, it's been too long. It's been a couple years since we had Chuck on. It has. <laughs> if only we could actually have Chuck on. That would no, be the best. we would all die. Well, there's some <laughs> things that are like, worth it. We would just be like, Every five jocks. Dies. Five jocks, no question. Don't hurt me. <laughs> Five roundhouse kicks to the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look for that next week. Yep. Yep. So let's get out of here. Dude. Let's get out of here. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm the beach. Walt. <laughs> Thanks for so joining more- us. The devil It's <laughs> so much more epic than any of our outros. And we'll see you guys next time. Bamcast out. Mm-hmm.